It's the morning matchless. Good morning, matchless. We're talking all things Ramadan, understanding the holy month of Ramadan, what we should do, what are the common practices. Live here on Pulse 95 Radio, we're very kindly joined by Mr. Faris Al Hamadi, who's an Islamic scholar, he's a motivational speaker, and a well known personality who's very kindly accepted our invitation to talk to us about Ramadan. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure, and uh, now let's let's you know, break things down for people who don't understand the, this holy month, ninth month in the Islamic calendar, Ramadan. Why do Muslims fast? Why why would you put yourself through this situation? And what what, what is the meaning of Ramadan? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. First of all, uh, Ramadan is a spiritual time that Muslims um, experience. And Allah Azza wa Jal, in the Quran, He explained to us what is Ramadan. He said, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتِ مِنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ So Ramadan is actually the month where uh, the Quran was revealed. And the Quran is something very special to Muslims. As a matter of fact, if you ask any Muslim, why are you Muslim? The simplest, uh, shortest answer is going to be because of the Quran. It has all these things that makes me a Muslim, proof that Allah is one, that we submit to Allah, and all the other aspects of, Ram- of, of, of Islam. And so we celebrate this month uh, because of the Quran. And that's why, subhanAllah, one of the names of Ramadan is the month of Quran. It is the month of Quran. And so that's why Ramadan, and Ramadan has a very special um, act of worship which is uh, fasting and fasting is a very unique act of worship because it's the only act of worship that the, all of the Muslims around the world practice it at the same time. If you talk about Salah, we got different timings throughout the day and there are people who do it, you know, different timings, uh, uh, people at home, people in the mosque. Uh, if you talk about Zakah, it's for the people who are able. If you talk about Hajj, it's people who are rich or can afford it, except for Siyam. Everybody does it, poor, rich, old, young. And so it has a very unique taste and a very unique kind of atmosphere when it comes to Ramadan. I think we feel it. We feel it in the air. We feel that there is some kind of spiritual environment about, about it. Um, and that's why Ramadan is a very, very important um, month. As a matter of fact, yeah, subhanAllah, we see that in Islam, if you look at it, Allah puts stations for us, stations of Iman boosters, you know, that boosts our faith. Whether it's from Salah to Salah, Friday to Friday, Ramadan to Ramadan. And, and, and that's why uh, the companions and the Prophet والسلام, they used to pray to Allah that they reach Ramadan. Six months before, they used to say, Allahumma balighna Ramadan. Oh Allah, make us reach Ramadan. Because it is a very important aspect. And it is a period where people change habits. It's a month of uh, you know, it's a month of, of picking up habits and leaving bad ones. And that's why it's important to Muslims, if you invest in it. Yes, right. that's my next question. How can we invest in this holy month the best way possible in terms of good deeds, in terms of prayers, in terms of um, uh, changing our own habits? It's, it's, a, it's a very important question. Uh, and I think a lot of people miss sometimes miss the point of, of Ramadan because of this. Uh, first of all, um, we have to understand that fasting by itself is not restricted by Ramadan. Mm. So the Prophet والسلام, used to fast every month three times, uh, which is the white, white days in every month. He used to fast in mon- on Mondays and Thursdays. 
But Ramadan came to pick up the habit of fasting. And fasting by itself, يعني, it has, it's the only uh, act of worship that Allah Azza wa Jal did not give us exactly the reward for it. See, in the hadith, the Prophet والسلام, said, Allah said that all of the acts of worship is for the son of Adam, except, of, uh, except for siyam, for fasting. And in another hadith, he said, all of the acts of worship, I will multiply the reward of it 10 times to 700 folds. But then he said, except for siyam. Mm-hmm. When he says except for siyam, and Allah is the all kind, all merciful, that means it's much more than this. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. Why is that? Because it's the act of worship that we leave our food and our desires and our drink. And no other act of worship does that, that you refrain from doing these things. Other ones, we just do acts. So you move or you pay or you walk, you do the pilgrimage, except for for Siyam. And, and so the first thing that we, we need to understand is that these acts of worship in, in Ramadan is not only for Ramadan. No, it's, it's you pick up the habit, you boost your Iman, and then you carry on after. As a matter of fact, one of the scholars said, if you want to know how successful was your Ramadan, look after Ramadan. Are you a changed person or no? So what do we pick up after Ramadan? It's 30 days. You have to be good and efficient with your salah. That's number one. Because salah is a very, very important aspect. As a matter of fact, I see people today, they fast, but they don't pray. And that doesn't make, that beats the purpose. Right. If, if, you're, if you are submitting to Allah and you want to please Allah, then you have to fulfill the second pillar of Islam, which is the most important one, more important than, than, than fasting. Um, so the, uh, the first thing is that you have to pick up your salah on time, be mindful of it, give that quality to your salah. And alhamdulillah, in, in Ramadan, we do that because we do taraweeh, we do all the other prayers, and we intensify salah. And so you have to win, after Ramadan, you have to see yourself as, oh no, I can, I can do more in salah. So that's the first thing you need to do. Another thing is that you need to be connected to the Quran, and it happens with consistency. A lot of people, when, when it comes to Ramadan, they intensify so much that, you know, they're, they're uh, in a couple of days or maybe days they, they, you know, they burn themselves out with acts of worship, but then they get burnt out. After Ramadan, they just let loose and come back to themselves. And that's wrong. The Prophet ﷺ said, small deeds but are consistent are better, are better than, you know, you doing one day of full acts of worship and then a week of no acts of worship. So be consistent with your acts of worship, plan your day, uh, and fulfill all the acts of worship that the Prophet ﷺ used to do. Reciting the Qur'an, dhikr, siyam, salah, taraweeh. Taraweeh is basically qiyamul layl. You know the aspect of qiyamul. It's a night prayer. And this is not only for Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ used to do every day. It's every day 11 rakahs. And nowadays we we can do minimum one rakah. And a lot of people neglect that, unfortunately. So Ramadan came to fix that. Right. I've got a question here from, uh, from Rashid as well. And, and the big question is, what happens if I miss a prayer during Ramadan? Do I break my, f- is, is my fast broken? Um, is that a question that you've received at times? Yeah. So acts of worship are standalones. Right. So uh, prayer is prayer. Fasting is fasting. It doesn't nullify another act of worship. No, but definitely it is something that is uh, sinful. And one should really prioritize his uh, his prayer. Right. Yeah, okay. but it doesn't nullify his fasting. Allah Alam. Okay. So that clears it. So let's talk about the practices during fasting. Mm. Um, a lot of people say oh, if you put perfume during uh, fasting, 
your fasting is not going to be accepted. Uh, if you uh, brush your teeth, the paste and might, you know, it's, you know, you can taste it or something and then you're not, you're not, mm. your fast is. So let's talk about those common mistakes that people tend to make. And is it a mistake or not? Okay. So we're talking in specific about nullifiers of fasting. Mm -hmm. It's it's very simple. I'll give you the qaida, the rule, yes. and then we'll build on that. Mm. Anything that enters the food pipe mm. and to, into the stomach, that nullifies fasting. And anything that replaces food, which is nutritional, that nullifies fasting. Now, let's build on that. Mm. Perfume, mm -hmm. based on the rule that I just gave you, it doesn't enter the food pipe, and it's not a food replacement. Doesn't nullify the fast. Uh, what did you say? Paste? Toothpaste. Yeah, toothpaste. Toothpaste, we spit it out. I don't think anybody um, with his right mind would swallow <laughs> the toothpaste, right? <laughs> Unless by mistake. Yes. By mistake is different. It, we, uh, mistakes are excused. Mm -hmm. Mistakes and forgetfulness is excused. Right. But uh, now, uh, you know, let's not get, get too specific. Oh, the little particles, and I taste it. Tasting is, tasting is in your mouth. It doesn't get in here, mm. right? Because of tasting buds. So these small little particles of toothpaste doesn't nullify. Mm. These are insignificant. Just like when we do wudu, mm. ablution, we rinse our mouths. Mm -hmm. So definitely there will be particles of water that would probably slip in. Mm. That doesn't nullify the, uh, the fasting. Insulin, or not insulin, sorry, uh, what do you call them? IV uh, I, uh, fluids? Yes. That's a, that's a new uh, replacement, food replacement. Mm. That nullifies. Right. Right. So okay. these are the nullifiers of, of uh, uh, fasting. Also, just to add, in some some scholars did say because there were some hadith, they said puking, throwing up intentionally, can uh, nullify the fasting. But the correct saying, Wallahu Taala Alam, that it doesn't, right. based on the rule that I just gave you. Okay, that yes. makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that really uh, explains and breaks it down for us, like in terms of, you know, what nutrition's going in and the knee as well, your intention. Yes. If you're going to say, oh, that was a mistake, but it was actually a, a tactical uh, <laughs> quenching of thirst, then exactly. yes, that's, that's not ideal. Now, uh, another question that I've got from, uh, from Ariba, and uh, they, uh, her, she says that uh, what if fasting hours in our home country is longer than they are in this part of the globe? How can I adjust my fasting? So I'm guessing that refers to the question of if, if fasting in, in places like the UK, for example, is going to be at least 20 hours or 18 hours. Oh, 20 so, hours. So, so, or, or even, you know, some places in Norway, for example, that's where you don't see uh, sunlight or, 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 or even, you know, you don't see sunlight at all at times. But uh, uh, what, what's the rule on, on, on breaking your fast or, or, or practicing Ramadan in such circumstances? Alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jalla is the all-merciful and... Um, Allah said, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. Allah will not burden you with something that you cannot handle. Mm. And so in these scenarios, if you cannot fast, then you break your fast and you compensate. And alhamdulillah, in these parts of the world, I think the winter is like the day is so short. Yeah. You'll probably be fasting for four hours only <laughs> or so. So if you cannot fast and it's extremely hard for you that you may fear harm on yourself, then you can break your fast and compensate after Ramadan. Right. But compensating is not feeding poor person. Compensating must be by fasting mm -hmm. because you're able to fast. Right. Yeah. So what is the, the right way to break the fast uh, in terms of food and in terms of a prayer that we have to say? Okay. So in terms of breaking the fast, 
the sunnah, mm-hmm. which is the recommended way and what the Prophet ﷺ used to do, he used to first of all hasten or be quick in breaking the fast. Yes. Some people might delay it. Don't delay f- uh, breaking your fast. The sunnah is that you break the fast immediately when you hear the adhan al-maghrib. When you, he- when you hear Allahu Akbar. Yeah, Allahu Akbar, you break your fast. Okay. Some people think, no, let me let, let him finish. Yeah. Or think that's not true. When you hear Allahu Akbar, as a matter of fact, to be a little technical, it's when the sun sets. Yes. Allahu Akbar is just a sign that <laughs> the, <laughs> the time sense. entered, uh, the sunset. Yeah. Uh, another thing is breaking the fast, recommended to be with tamar, dates. Or if you don't find dates, water. And if you don't find water, laban or yogurt. I don't know what you call it in, in different mm-hmm. types of ways. So the liquid yogurt uh, kind of thing. Uh, these are the uh, these are the the sunnah way into breaking your fast. You want to break your fast in other things? That's fine. But this is the sunnah way. What if you didn't find anything? You're stuck in traffic, and you have no food. Don't just pick up anything from the floor <laughs> and eat it. That's not good. Just have niya mm. that you broke your fast. Inna al-amalu bin-niyat. So your niya, your intention by itself, can break your fast. Right. So you don't have to, you know, indulge in anything. Not necessarily, not this is the right way, but right. not necessarily if you are, uh, you know, you have nothing to eat, you just have your knee. I said, no, I'll break my fast. Exactly. What about a prayer that we should say when we break our fast? Because we normally do that. Is e- that mandatory? Yes. Not mandatory. Sunnah? The dhikr is there is one hadith, uh, a lot of people uh, use that. They said, Allahumma uh, laka aftartu ala rizqi. Uh, Something like that. There you go. That's weak. That's unauthentic, actually. No, yeah. It's not. Okay. The one that is authentic is means the third thirst has gone. The veins have been filled, you know, with food or nutrition. And inshallah, the reward is confirmed. When should you say it? After you put the bite, before you put the bite. If you look at the context of the hadith, dhikr, it's after. Mm. Yeah. And dua. A lot of people just look at the food and they're just like, oh, when yeah, am yeah, I going to yeah. eat? Ya akhi, invest in this time. It's a time where dua is, uh, is accepted. Mm. So I start doing dua. Dua about your life. Dua about your health. Dua for your family. Dua that uh, Allah increases your, your guidance, your iman. All, everything like that. So this is a time of dua. Mm. It certainly is. Now, um, the other thing that we you know, wanted to talk about is um, a lot of people, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that you shouldn't be putting a burden on yourself. Now, a lot of people will feel sleep deprived. They'll think, oh, I'm so tired. And, you know, uh, the amazing thing is right now we're, when we're talking, we're not feeling thirsty or hungry. But when we're in this mindset, oh, we're fasting, we'll feel hungry and thirsty. Yeah. How Hangry. <laughs> <hangry. laughs> <laughs> What's the best way of overcoming uh, such a situation to to keep telling ourselves to remain calm and say, look, we're fasting. This is my this is my uh, state at the moment, and this is how I should maintain it. First of all, I I want to remind uh, everyone that uh, suhoor, which is the the food you eat before you fast, uh, this is a sunnah, mm. and this is a very great sunnah that people sometimes neglect. So have a nice good suhoor. So maybe you can delay that hungry moment yeah. <laughs> that you have. That's number one. Number two. Uh, always be mindful of the great act of worship that you're doing. Fasting is a wonderful act of worship. Yahi, think about it. If you are working hard, for example, you're studying for a degree. Just thinking about that degree you're getting after four years, your PhD or your bachelor's, really gives you that boost and that hope. 
And hope is a very powerful tool to keep you going. And so thinking about that Allah is going to reward you for this, for this and thinking or knowing, remembering, uh, reminding yourself that there is a gate that's called Rayyan you're going to enter from because you are a person who fasts. That's a wonderful thing in, the, in, in heaven, in paradise. So these kind of things a Muslim must be uh, mindful of. And wallahi, wallahi, it will boost you, uh, boost your, your, your sabr, your patience. As a matter of fact, yani, subhanallah, and think about this. I think you will, you will also remember this or you'll agree with me. Once you break your fast, there is a, a, a moment of joy. You feel happy when you break your fast. And wallahi, it's not just the food. The Prophet said, farhatan." Mo two moments of joy for the person who is fasting. When he breaks his fast and when he meets his Lord, which is of course judgment day. But what's the connection between this and that? The first one is that you're fulfilling the submission to Allah. You are feeding your soul. That's why the same feeling you get when you finish your salah, especially Salat al-Fajr, you feel like, wow, this is good. I've achieved something. When you do your siyam, when you do your hajj, when you pay your zakah, it's the same joy that you feel because you are worshiping and submitting to Allah. And that by itself feeds your soul. And that's true happiness. And then, of course, when you meet your Lord. So remembering all this stuff really gives you that boost, inshallah. <laughs> uh, I have a question that has two parts. Number one, what are the conditions that we uh, we can actually skip uh, not uh, fasting in for both men and women? Uh, how sick can you be, for example, for men even, uh, for you to not be able to fast and that's okay? Second of all, um, in compensation mm -hmm. after Ramadan, mm -hmm. what do you have to say about compensation? And some people, they, they haven't compensated their lost days before the next Ramadan. So is that going to be accepted? They're fasting after that, their Ramadan, you know? That's a yeah. very controversial situation that a lot of people <laughs> tend to have and a problem. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And this by itself needs a whole show. Yes, <laughs> I know. But I'll try to be as yes. brief as possible. Uh, um, excused from fasting is a person who is sick, mm -hmm. a traveler, a preg uh, menstruation, of course, right. uh, and postpartum, nufasa, we call it in Arabic, when after, after you give birth, the uh, ladies, and um, what about pregnancy? Pregnancy and breastfeeding. Mm. Pregnancy and breastfeeding. Now, when it comes to sickness, if it is harmful on you, mm -hmm. the doctor says you can't fast because you need to take your medicine or because of the sickness, it is harmful, then you shouldn't fast. Mm -hmm. By chronic disease, because some, fa some sickness, you can get treated. So after you get treated or you get cured, you have to compensate. How do you compensate? By fasting. If it's a chronic disease, no, I, I'm not going to be cured. That's how I am my whole life. So you compensate by feeding one poor person for each day that you fasted. Mm -hmm. Should you do it in bulk? Should you do it day by day? You can do it in bulk. At the beginning of Ramadan, after Ramadan, in between Ramadan, that's fine, inshallah. It's all flexible. Travelers, it is, mustah it is permissible. You want to break your fast, break your fast. You don't want to break your fast, it's fine. And now, alhamdulillah, we got planes and it's quite easy. But, of course, always remember that when you compensate, you can compensate alone. So might as well just fast if you can and it's not hard on you. Fast with the people and finish up. Mm -hmm. Finish Ramadan if you're, if you're, if you're traveling. What did we say? Uh, and, what, and if, what if we did not compensate before the next Ramadan comes? That's sinful. But you have to. This is Dain. 
This is a debt that you that's on so your on you. So my Ramadan is not going to be accepted if I have Dane from before. No, it will be accepted. Okay. Finish your Ramadan after Ramadan. Compensate what you had last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And people have to be mindful. Yeah, you had a whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah. come on, we have to, and winter is there. Winter is such a short time. I think people should invest and be mindful that winter is a short days. So mm-hmm. finish your compensations there. Uh, and then we said, of course, administration, that's uh, clear, mm-hmm. but you compensate after. Uh, for pregnant women and, and uh, breastfeeding women, this is very important. If you fear harm on yourself or on the baby, then you should, uh, if, if you fear harm, then you should fa- uh, break your fast, it's okay, your excuse, and you should compensate. And this is uh, the, same, um, the same category of a, people, a, a person who's sick. You know, they, they mm. consider it the same. So if you're sick, you fear harm, and here you fear harm. So you break your fast and you compensate. The only dispute, and it's a great dispute between the scholars, they differed about this, is when the baby's only going to be harmed. So you're okay, you can fast, but the baby's going to be harmed. Should you break your fast or not? They said break your fast, but the compensation, Allah Ta'ala, to keep it brief, that you should compensate by fasting, not by giving kafara, which is feeding one per person, poor person each day. So you compensate by fasting, Allah Ta'ala. Did I cover every all the aspects? Yes, I did. I Thank think you did. <laughs> so what we're going to do now, because this conversation is very engaging, we've got the uh, sports headlines fast approaching. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back again continuing the conversation right after that because there's lots more to cover and lots more to cater. And I'm sure there's lots of questions that are coming through on the Insta feed of uh, uh, Mr. Faris Al-Hamadi as well this morning. Uh, so a quick break, and stay tuned to The Morning Majlis only on Pulse95. The heart of Join the conversation with the Morning Majlis, Pulse 95. Welcome back to the Morning Majlis. We're having a very engaging conversation with Mr. Faris Al Hamadi, a motivational speaker and scholar who is talking to us all about the holy month of Ramadan. And we're getting really technical with all the do's and don'ts of Ramadan and what to keep your mind on when fasting and before and after fasting as well and after Ramadan because it's not just about the holy month it's it's about picking up really the right habits even after and that's the whole purpose of it is extending those habits throughout your life um, uh, Mr. Faris um, we talked about this during the break some uh, because I'm, I also got a question from my uh, friend who is a, a female and she said you guys did not cover uh, the part about makeup for ladies uh, so is it okay t- for a lady to put makeup uh, during fasting in Ramadan? Okay. Uh, just a disclaimer, guys. Uh, I'm not a scholar. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just a brother who has a bit of knowledge I want to share with the people. But thank you for, for the kind words uh, and the kind <laughs> title. Uh, f- as for makeup, um, uh, see, in Ramadan, we're supposed to be as obedient as possible to Allah. Mm-hmm. And makeup, of course, can attract, and it's it's a it's a tool for beautification and attraction and, and all that. So in Ramadan, it's best to leave makeup. Doesn't nullify the fasting, uh, it doesn't do all that, but it decreases the reward. Mm-hmm. Anything that is maybe uh, can go outside of the context of obeying uh, uh, obeying Allah can decrease uh, fasting or decrease the reward of fasting and reward of of uh, Ramadan. Mm-hmm. To put it very simply and yes. briefly, yes. 
Amazing. Well, yeah. now, um, the other thing is, uh, you know, how to make the most of it. You know, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, uh, I sometimes fall in that category. I say, mm-hmm. I've done my five prayers. Do I really, if I skip Tarawih today, because I've got a gathering, I've got to be out, I have to go to Sahur gathering, I'll pray Tarawih when I can. Um, what's the best way to make the most of Ramadan and why are these late night prayers so important? All right. So before anything, if if you ask anybody, you have a very important project that you're going to make a lot of money off. Man, people are going to, you know, plan everything, got these charts, Gantt charts and planning mm. and all the applications just to get everything right. You know, task by task, responsible days, deadlines, things like that. Yeah, you're planning for Jannah. Eternity, happiness, eternal happiness in paradise And you're pleasing Allah Why can't you just plan a little bit You know, plan ahead and have your day planned uh, So you can get the most out of it So really people need to get into this habit Of of planning their day in Ramadan And planning their month So when should you recite the Quran? Have a time for recitation of the Quran Have a time for resting So you don't get really exhausted through the day Have a time, for example, even for exercise If you have the time and can afford it Then have a time for taraweeh Have a time for dhikr And all this stuff should be planned day by day And be consistent about it That's That's when you get the best out of Ramadan Stay away from things that will take or, or will, will drive you away from acts of worship. I mean, subhanAllah, nowadays we see people when, when it's Ramadan, you say, what is Ramadan to you? Oh, a lot of food and Musal gatherings. Musal Salat. Huh? The Arabs, the uh, Arab. Salat and the English. <laughs> oh, it's, it's shisha time, it's buffet time, it's mm. whatever time, it's sleeping time. Mm. And this really contradicts the whole concept and the idea of Ramadan. Ramadan is about intensity, it's about hardship, it's about you got to go there and you got to give it the best. Mm. And after Ramadan, you pick up these habits and you keep going until next Ramadan. And next Ramadan, you pick it up again. And that's how it is. So socializing and sleeping and all that stuff really beats the purpose of Ramadan. Taraweeh, I highly recommend Taraweeh. Taraweeh is a beautiful way into connecting with Allah, getting closer to Allah, increasing your faith, your spirituality boost. Mm. And I highly recommend people to go to Taraweeh as much as you can, even if it's the whole month of Ramadan in the masjid. Fulfill it all from the takbir until the salam. Amazing. Well, that's, I mean, that's such a, 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 an important uh, message to share, send, send across to the people as well. Um, and now, if we were to talk to you about uh, the shorter working hours, there'll be a lot of HR people have just moved into this country and thought, two hours short? I don't believe in that. It doesn't happen in my country. Why is it happening over here? Um, and, and for them to understand why a shorter working hour is important for those fasting. I know, it's, I know it's a law given by the government of two hours reduced, yeah. uh, but <coughs> the importance and significance of it. I'm an HR guy, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very biased when I talk <laughs> about this. Uh, uh, see, uh, this, this is a month of, of not working for the dunya. Mm. You're not investing in this life. A lot of people say, yeah, so what? We have to still work. Yes, work, but also, yeah, any focus on your prayer and spirituality. I think this is very important. And I, HR people need to understand, yahi, help the people. Hmm. We are not machines. This is not about processes and policies all the time. If you invest in your people and really support them in their spirituality, in their life, in their social life, their personal life, wallahi, they will give you more than, than, than they're required. And I think this is important. A lot of companies today, they want to squeeze out that that employee as much as they can. 
And this is not a good approach when you want to build that relationship and retainment with, with your employees. So be mindful of that. Uh, fulfill the requirements of your em- employees. You know, and this is a very important month for, for, for Muslims. And let the also the non-Muslims also yani, uh, mm. privilege from this and benefit from this two hours free. You don't, you never know, Subhanallah. Exactly. <laughs> you, they'll be interested in, in knowing more about Islam. Amazing. Well, yeah. I've got a, a message come in from from my HR and from my CEO and Uh-oh. my my uh, my spouse, who's a big fan <laughs> of, of what she does. She said, uh-huh. focus on what he does normally. So uh, let, let's introduce to your listeners as well. Uh, you know who is Faris Al Hamadi, and uh, you said you're a HR professional as well so what's 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 your practice and how did you think about picking the social media up because a lot of people refer you to as our local mufti mank for example (laughs) (laughs) well i I have 14 years of experience in uh, in various uh, aspects of of business and administration and and, and corporate world Uh, but mainly from hr i i worked in in abu dhabi um, in an aluminium country uh, company emirates aluminium now it's ega uh, as a quality assurance and business excellence and performance management Uh, i was the head there Uh, and then i moved into innovations manager i worked on innovations and i have a diploma from imperial college from london Mm, um uh, i have a master's degree in marketing because i just felt like marketing is a very interesting field so i just got a master's degree in that um I worked as a as an as a happiness manager, which is very controversial. You know, happiness. What is happiness, anyways? <laughs> so, I worked as a happiness manager in mm. FIWA. So basically, I tried to make employees happy. That didn't go very well. Well, I, it did go well, but as mm. you know, humans are very complex, and it's very hard to make them happy. But that was quite interesting. And now I'm in in Irada Center, uh, working and helping out, of course, um, uh, uh, substance use addicts and patients mm. to to get back into life. But I'm into the quality. I'm not a therapist or anything. Okay. Subhanallah. And I've been I've been very passionate about Islam. I've been seeking knowledge for 14 years, but the traditional way, not the academic way. Mm-hmm. You know. So and Alhamdulillah, in Sharjah and Dubai, we have a lot of lessons and classes, Islamic lessons in mosques. And Alhamdulillah, I connect with the sheikhs and, and, the, and the teachers and mentors there. And I have a lot of them. One of them is Aziz Farhan. He, he actually uh, is, is um, I think he, he works or he has a lot of shows in Sharjah TV. Aziz Farhan gives fatawa. Mm. He's one of my sheikhs and mentors. As a matter of fact, we have a, a very nice lecture uh, this Sunday about uh, Ramadan also. I'll be mm. translating for him. Um, and so I've been seeking knowledge for 14 years on and off. And then one of my friends said, you know, there's this thing called social media. Why don't you just pick it up and, and just talk about Islam? Let's see how it goes. And I just did. And it worked. And everybody's like, well, you know, we can listen to you. You're, you're cool. <laughs> you know? So I've, I've, brought, I've brought the concept or the approach of business and, and HR and management and just incorporated with, with Islam and all that. Because I know the new generation nowadays... They wouldn't listen to the big scholars, unfortunately, I say. You know, the, mm. the, 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 the language and the terminologies and True. the whole persona, they're like, well, that's in, a bit intimidating. So we want somebody who, you know, who speaks our language and, and has our kind of thoughts and, and mind. So, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, very good. And yeah. I'm glad that has paid off. And I'm glad uh, we were able to bring you <laughs> onto the morning majlis on Pulse 95. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure uh, now our actual HR will say, do you know what? We need uh, uh, Mr. Faris Al-Hamadi to do more uh, segments with you guys <laughs> rather yeah. the, throughout the month. <laughs> thank <laughs> you very much. Thank and uh, Jazakallah khair. And thank yeah. you very much. This was uh, Mr. Faris Al-Hamadi. And if you'd like to catch this discussion as a podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, as well as Spotify. You're listening to The Morning Majlis only on Pulse95. Pulse. This is Pulse95.